Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world. I could not be more excited to have a friend and colleague on today, uh, Adam Smith, who is the executive director of the Comic-Con Museum at Comic-Con International. And uh, if you know anything about the world right now, you know there is a big gearing up because Comic-Con is coming up starting uh, on July 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, that whole weekend. So there's a lot of excitement, and I'm so excited to have you on. So, Adam, say hello to our listeners, if you would, please. Hello, Heather. Hello, listeners. <laughs> hello. Um, Adam and I got the chance to meet a couple years ago. I, I got the privilege of uh, being a, a panelist, uh, a moderator for a panel on Comic-Con uh, a couple years ago, and am again this year, and i uh, been working with the WonderCon team as well, so, and I actually came down and saw the museum um, with you, gosh, sometime last year when um, there was not a whole lot there, and uh, mm-hmm. will you tell everybody a little bit about the mu- museum specifically and what's going on um, with the building of that beautiful new place? That would be awesome. Sure. Um... I guess the story goes back two or three years. Um, Comic-Con were given the opportunity to um, take over the lease of a really nice building in Balboa Park, which is sort of the cultural heart of San Diego. There are already 17 museums there. And the city approached Comic-Con and said, we know you've sort of hypothetically been interested in having a permanent year-round Comic-Con museum. Well, we have this awesome building, and, and we can we can let you have it um, basically free of charge if 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 you're interested. So um, that led to um, me sitting here today, you know, sort of halfway through the the journey of creating that museum. Um, I am a, a lifetime museum person. Um, Comic Con recruited me um, because I I. I worked in museums and developed several museums from scratch previously. Yeah. Um, so I've been working on the project for 18 months. Uh, there are 10 of us now on the museum staff. And wow. uh, we're on path here by, um, to, to, to open the museum by May of 2021. So just under two years to go. Um, although we have the building, we do need to do a lot of remodel and repair and refurbishment to a, a building that was constructed in 1935. Wow! Uh, we've got 68,000 <laughs> yeah, 68, square feet, and the 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 ultimate goal is to sort of transform it into this pop culture uh, wonderland that, that that captures the magic of Comic Con all year round. Um, and as we head into Comic Con this year, it's kind of exciting and kind of daunting for us because we decided couple of months ago that we were going to essentially create a pop-up museum this year right so um for us it's a really great opportunity to do a test of what it's what it will be like to have the ultimate thing and test test the location with um comic-con fans and, and things like that so um yeah so we're having we're talking basically you know right in the roughly in the middle of of a what will ultimately be a three or four year journey to build this this wonderful museum right yeah and you made that announcement today that the museum will be open the pop-up throughout comic-con and you don't have to have a comic-con ticket and it's free for anyone to come check it out correct 
Exactly. Yeah. I, I said to everyone, I have this podcast that I'm doing with Heather tonight, so we've <laughs> got to get this announcement out so that we can talk about it. Perfect. I know. You said it to me, and I immediately tweeted it. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. So uh, that's so great. Yeah, and and uh, I see you have a paint like Bob Ross. That's so cool. A make-and-take class. Well, interesting, interesting that that's caught your attention. I, I, I think we can probably talk about several of the features of, of yeah. this pop-up museum. Yeah, and Batman. Um, oh, wow. You, you've noticed that we're doing some paint like Bob Ross classes, and um, there is a little bit of... You know, there is some thought behind that um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the sense that we want the museum to be many things. We want it to be an awesome place to visit, you know, for young and old. And, mm-hmm. and, and we want it to be a place that you can come and have a shared experience of watching a movie or, right. a, or trivia or, a, um, you know, see great exhibits and attend great panels and things like that. But we also want it to be an educational place and a place that people can come and be creative themselves, and so not just to consume the creative works of others, but to actually be inspired to, 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 to create things. So as we were putting this pop-up museum together, I wanted to try and bring in different elements you yeah. know, of, of what the museum will be. So we've got a beautiful art gallery show in the museum because we're going to be a place where people can see and appreciate the pure art of popular culture mm-hmm. but I also I wanted to do something that was creative where people could come and make art and and, a, and then the Bob Ross uh, folks walked in the door and said hey are you interested in doing something and we thought perfect yeah <laughs> why not so we'll be making little happy trees you know right oh, that's fantastic yeah I mean I think you know the art of Comic-Con 50 and it's the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con as well so you get to and, and that's part of that art exhibit as well right it is actually for the for the ultra um 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 precise people it's the 50th comic con okay the 50th anniversary technically is next year so oh, the, the, gotcha. the first comic con um um was 1970 and 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 so um the, and this if you count the years this is the 50th this is the 50th one so gotcha. in, maybe the best way of putting it is that the 50th comic con this year leads into the 50th anniversary of comic con next summer Perfect. Yeah, and we need to be clear about that because we know how Comic Con folks are about the precision of the detail, <laughs> which I completely I appreciate. Know. You know, <laughs> yes. Either way, um, we 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 actually put it together and launched this in the museum in March. Mm. Um, we we did the first opening of this art exhibit, where over the years Comic Con has created a, a program event guide um, mm. or a program book every year. Right. And has commissioned a piece of art to go on that cover, and it, it's created this wonderful collection of artworks from from many of the most famous uh, comic art creators of the, the the last couple of generations. So we um, we staged that as a show earlier in the year. It's, it, it's only been open occasionally at weekends, um, oh, okay. but it's been very popular for on the times that it has been open. Um, but we, we saw you know we saw the opportunity to to throw the doors open to everyone that's coming to Comic Con this year. And uh, one of the things we're adding to the show is um, one, it, it's broken on social media over the last ten days or so that uh, Jim Lee uh, created a really amazing program book cover for us this year. Um, as you're probably aware, it's 
highly unusual for characters from different um, organizations to appear in the same piece of art. It's, oh, it's very rare that right. you would see, you know, Marvel and DC characters all, all co-mingling with um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> right. And and Jim uh, is not just a fantastic artist. He's mm. a fan, you know was is fantastically well connected and was able to persuade everyone that for the 50th Comic Con it would be really cool if everybody, all the companies, all of the great characters and comics could be in the same picture. So wow. um, it, it, it's been extremely well received by our fans and we're going to show the original piece of, the, the original piece of Jim Lee art is being brought into the museum. Oh my uh, goodness. Which I'm really excited to see. Yeah. That's great. Well, and when you and I met last year, um, and I came down, you, we were talking with, and you know, it was super cool. Thank you for inviting me because that was really neat. Like looking and talking to folks about sort of all the, you know, experiential and interactive um, areas of the museum, and I know that's a big part of what you're thinking about of how. You know, how when somebody walks in, you know, what the experience is and, and um, you know, my theatrical brain, you know, was like going crazy in tech. And, and have you made more decisions? Like I, the, like I know there's you've got the Batman experience that's you know, interactive and immersive. And I, I, I take it you've made some decisions because you have that and you're going to show it off. Is that kind of a test run for some of those experiences that you were thinking about back then? Yeah, it's as we think about the museum, we've got a very large and diverse audience yeah. and um, what we're trying to do at Comic-Con this year is throw some things out that we think you know, will, will, will appeal to all the different parts of the audience and one of the expectations that's very clear people have about comic, a Comic-Con museum is, is somehow they, they feel that it needs to be technologically interesting you know, somehow at the cutting edge so um, we've talked already about you know we want to have that creative piece and that the Bob Ross we want to have that art piece which is the cover story gallery um, but we we also want to have some experiential stuff in there mm. and some some technology etc. Yeah. Um, one of the really nice things that came together this year is that um, originally we would we were just planning to have a big event on the opening night of Comic Con. We are, we are raising money to build the museum and I, I wanted to have a fundraising event where we could you know bring people in and have an auction and things like that right and, um, what what came together there was that um, we, we were able to um, find some some great connections into Warner Brothers and DC and we um, you know we, we sort of got on this path of of realizing that we could put a pretty awesome Batman display together mm-hmm. um, for the fundraising event. Um, and then what happened was that AT&T, which is the parent company of, of uh, Warner Brothers and DC, um, sort of independently was thinking about doing something relative to Batman because it's the 80th anniversary of Batman this year. Okay. Um, was thinking about doing something that was sort of an activation and tech-based and things like that somewhere in San Diego. So it all, we realized there was an opportunity to bring that, bring AT&T together with DC and Warner Brothers and just do this sort of massive Batman thing. Right. Um, so I, I do want to thank those organizations because they've been tremendous partners in the sense of um, really bringing, 
bringing into our museum something we just couldn't possibly have done on our own. We're a tiny staff just trying to, you know, bring a bring a museum to life. But right. um, th- this whole idea of a pop up museum has come because the 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 strength of the you know being able to go into the Warner Brothers archives literally and say you know they were basically saying all right choose what you want to bring to the to, yeah, to San yeah. Diego. Wow, and, you know. To, 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 a bunch of uh, geeks and museum people <laughs> like to, to be looking at every Batman costume ever. Right. Like, wow. So we can choose, um, you know, <laughs> however many we want. Right. And so it, it it's all come together in a really kind of fun, really fun way. Yeah. And um, so, so that this this Batman experience powered by AT and T, that's that's sort of a, a, um, a big component of the museum um, during Comic Con is um, really quite a significant collection of artifacts, but they've been able to bring some of these more experiential um, elements into it that are tech-based. There's, there's, there's a video gaming component where we're looking at um, you know, how Batman has been covered in video games, past, present, and future, and, um, and, and things like that. Wow, that's cool. So. The if folks are interested at a first look at exhibits, there's the gathering, which is the inaugural fundraising event, and that's the Wednesday, July seventeenth, and that's a ticketed event, special ceremony, um, and we'll put it in the show notes, uh, the ccmgathering.org. So that's that's one piece, and then obviously the open pop up for everybody else during Comic Con. But there is a if anybody is interested in the inaugural event and helping do some fundraising for the museum, that is available to everyone as well. So. Just to be clear, <laughs> it's always good to be clear about that kind of stuff. Right. Right? So, um, yeah. something I haven't, well, we haven't talked about is that yeah. th- this pop up museum that is running um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that is free of charge, and um, and also there you don't need a Comic Con badge right. um, to be able to enter. If you have a Comic Con badge, that's awesome. You're welcome too. But, <laughs> um, one of the things we wanted to do here was. <laughs> provide something for you know there are, there are often fans coming into San Diego that they might have a Thursday and a Saturday badge but they don't have a Friday badge right. they, you know they have something to do but also we, we wanted to to, um, to invite the community of San Diego into the museum as well sure. the, the, the community has been very supportive and welcoming of, of the effort to create a museum so we, we just wanted this to be for everyone, um, mm. and it, it, it truly is a test. We don't know exactly how it's going to go. We're prepared for a lot of if a lot of people come. We are we've got contingencies to you know to handle you know reasonably large crowds yeah. and, uh, and, and get people through. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, speaking to you sort of two weeks ahead of it actually happening, um, or two and a bit weeks. It, it's. It's slightly daunting, but you know, there's like an there's an excitement for, uh, around that. Yeah. I guess we are we're asking people to if if it if, if there are any issues, you know, remember that this is this is not the finished museum. This is this is us almost doing a beta test yeah. to use one of your technology terms of, of, <laughs> of what a what a museum could be. And and it for me it, in the it, this is the. It's, this is the third museum that I've developed from scratch, and, and it's, but it's the first time I've had this sort of a sandbox to play with, you know, right. and it, it's really valuable. I think it, it's going to help us make the museum even more awesome yeah, eventually. for sure. I mean, in technology, it's beta testing. If it's in the theater, we're doing, you know, some previews, right? We're getting ready for our 
dress rehearsals and opening night coming in 2021. So yeah. And yeah, like why not pop it up and give, get some feedback and see what people like. And yeah, I, you don't often get that chance sometimes with things. So that's really exciting that, you know, you're getting to do that. Uh, Oh, you know, I wanted to ask you about something else uh, related to the museum. So uh, I'm a member of the Peterson museum as well. And Oh my goodness, I haven't gotten there yet, but will you talk a little bit about the Hollywood dreams machines exhibit that's there? Cause that totally connects to all of this as well. Absolutely. And and thanks for giving, giving me the opportunity to talk about that. Um, we were approached about a year ago by the Peterson Museum up there in, in LA, which is a tremendous yeah. first class auto museum. You want you want you know, I'm I'm a Korean museum guy and I've I've been to a lot of different auto museums and the Peterson, you know, always is fantastic. And yeah. they, they came to us and and asked if we would collaborate on an exhibit that featured um, cars from 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 science fiction and from Hollywood. Yep. So um, Keegan Chetwin, one of the, the museum staff, really, really jumped on that opportunity. And, and for me, it was great to give Keegan the opportunity to to work on a major exhibit. Um, he learned a lot from the process um, that, that we'll be able to flow into Comic-Con Museum. But, but also, in the back of our minds, I think we are, we're feeling that this exhibit ultimately, or, or some, some version of it, will appear down in San Diego. Um, anyway... I, I, Keegan had been working on it, and I went. I went up to the uh, the exhibit opening. It was on uh, May the fourth, which mm-hmm. is a very memorable day for anyone who knows yes. pop culture. Um, <laughs> um, and I was absolutely blown away by the exhibit. I mean, I already had a high appreciation for the, um, the Peterson Museum, but I, you know, I, I've worked on a lot of museum exhibits in my life, and you're always looking to have a few kind of hits. Yeah, you know, sure, uh, but. Sometimes to fill out a really large exhibit space, you've got to have some album filler, you know. <laughs> but this, this exhibit at the Peterson is hit after hit after hit after hit. You know, you just kind of walk through and it's like, wow, there is the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, and there is the uh, land speeder that was used in the original Star Wars. Wow. And there is the Batmobile from 1989. And you you just literally go through a series of 50 or 60 vehicles going, boom, you know? Right. And so I'm, I'm, um, I'm encouraging everyone to go up there because it's, it's, it, they, they did a really good job. And if you, if you, if you like cars and you like movies and science fiction, you know, this is, one not to miss. I'll tell you who I'll tell you who went to it. We yeah. I follow the blog of uh, George R. R. Martin, the yeah. author of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and I was so tickled um, to read on his blog he, he, him writing this gushingly positive review about the <laughs> Peterson. Wow, we did something that you know that like that 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 that, that, that was appreciated by this genius. You yeah. Know? Yeah, how wonderful is that? Yeah, no, it's cool. It's so cool. And I love the fact that you've, you know, I mean, it's so great when other people are like, hey, we have this really cool space. And why don't you put something in it? You know, the collaboration of artists and people who all have a shared passion and love. Like, I just it's so great. And L.A. seems to do that a lot. You know, like the Los Angeles, even California communities, you know, really coming together and saying, hey, you know, let's let's do some things where we celebrate all over the place, you know, which um, mm-hmm. kudos around. And so, yeah, it's 
like 40 different vehicles across 50 or 20 different movies across decades and I'm lo- I'm looking at the and I think does Bumblebee actually transform in it? That's nuts if that actually yes, I see this. I see the video. Oh my goodness. I yeah. Y'all, you need to get to the Peterson Museum and check this out too. That's so exciting. Wow. You know, um you know, you've, you've been speaking about um being a, you know, a lifetime museum fella. Um I'm wondering would you talk a little bit about where you got started doing that? Because I know you've, you know, you have, I mean, just looking at, you know, we've talked about it a bit and just, you know, you know, if you look you up on LinkedIn and all that, you can see that, you know, you, you gosh, did so much, especially sort of in, you know, in flight, uh, your, your, a lot of your background has been in flight. Will you talk about how you got started doing all of this? Like go, go way back a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. You want to go way back for me, it begins, it begins as a child and, I have just had a fascination with the past my whole life. Yeah. You know, so I was um, my, my accent is English, and I was born and raised in a hist- in, in, in a country that is full of history and yeah. and you know and the landscape and then the stories that your family tell about the wars and you know and all of these all of these things. And I was just I, even as a five year old child, I remember going in the garden digging for pieces of old pottery and just being fascinated by the <laughs> thought of, of who might have left it there and, you know, things like that. So I think my connection to, to the past um, is, is strong and deep and wherever I've gone in life, you know, that that's the sort of central thing. That, and and um, eventually there comes a point in life where you got to decide what you're doing as a job. And yeah. there was this clear, clear sort of choice for me. It was either work in museums or become an archaeologist oh wow um and i was accepted into two really awesome universities and um the thing that took me down the museum path was i it i was it was saint andrews in scotland which is this beautiful medieval city sitting out there on on the coast of the north sea yeah and i just I fell in love with the place when I went there, and that was the you know that sometimes you like you look at like there's a fork in the road, and it's like it's like well I'm doing museums because I have to live here, right? Uh, not the chance. So I ended up basically um, doing a doing a museums museum studies uh, degree there at St Andrews, and that then led me to you know working in all kinds of crazy places. I've done farming and uh, coal mining and wow. and as you said I, I ended up doing a pretty significant diversion for, for 15 years into aeroplanes yeah. um, so I ran three aviation museums um, first in Scotland then in Wisconsin and then uh, um, while well, I was developing one in, in Dallas which is where I came to Comic Con from so right. um, one of the things on my journey that, that I think caused the comic-con opportunity to to really catch my interest yeah. was well there were two big things when 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 the phone rang and someone said hey this comic-con thing's available are you interested i i there were two big things about it that appealed to me one was that it was in balboa park san diego mm-hmm. um because i knew that that was this really fantastic cultural place and if i've learned one thing from 30 years of working with museums is that your location is absolutely fundamental. You can, it, it will make you or break you. And I know for a fact that Balboa Park as a location 
is a great location and, and yeah. you know we, we can be successful there mm-hmm. the other thing that appealed to me was it's Comic Con you know <laughs> <laughs> and um, great, great, a great energy and, and sure. a great thing but specifically 20 years ago I, I worked on an exhibit uh, called Game On which was the first major touring exhibit ever done on the history of video games and I consider myself you know sort of a first generation video game kind of nutcase and I really (laughs) enjoyed that exhibit I really enjoyed working with something that was actually when we were doing that exhibit 20 years ago people are like you're nuts video games don't have a history this is this is not worth investing a lot of money in and things like that but it was super successful because we we sort of you know you're tapping into sort of a nostalgia right and so for me one of the great joys of working with comic con is that i feel that i'm every day working in that kind of energy um where you know i I, it i'm inspired by the passion of the people around me right that makes yeah of course it does yeah i mean it's it's interesting that that was then and, you know, now it's just such, it's, it, you know, Comic-Con and, and I'm sure the museum itself, right? Like Comic-Con has changed over the years from, you know, really being about comic and comic books. And I mean, now we have like giant, like Warner Brothers and other companies, you know, launching movies and launching series. And, and there's so much that is a part of Comic-Con now that's of culture that, you know, gives a place to folks that, you know, like I, just walking through, you're like, oh, there's the people that make Dungeons and Dragons super cool tables that you can have in your house that you can like, you know, move. And it's the, you know, the the, the Dungeons and Dragons game underneath. And then you can have it be just a nice table or, you know, like there's so much, right? That's a part of it now that maybe wasn't years ago, right? And mm-hmm. watching that change. Um, wow. So I guess for you, being a, a museum person, are there... You know, I, you you talked a little bit about. It. Are there other places that you've been recently that have gotten you excited that you're like, oh, I love the way they curated that, or something that happened that you've seen? I mean, you've been oh, yeah. so busy, but <laughs> you know, um, but anything that comes Heather, to mind? Yeah, Heather, if you toss me a question like that, how long do you want this podcast to be? Because I, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm on, I'm, I'm a, I, I am a museum junkie. You know, yeah, that's sort I am of, too. So the, I, that's why I asked you because I yeah, the, go ahead. Give us some. The first, <laughs> the first day at museum school, I distinctly remember this. That the the professor said, "When you go to museum school, you you never really enjoy visiting a museum again mm. because every museum you visit, you will go into analytical mode, right? And you you will start, you know, you you analyze it professionally, and, and by and large, that's true. I visit a lot of museums and a lot of galleries and a lot of experiences, and and. Sure. A lot of the time, you're you're analysing it, you know, yeah. as, a, as a as a professional thing. However, every now and again, I, I think my professor was wrong because every now and again, <laughs> I go somewhere and it's like, wow, that is awesome. That inspires me. You know, that is right. uh, that's just what a great what a great time I just had. So, um, well, just in the last in the last twelve months or so. I'll tell you one. I think the number one for me in the last twelve months was I got to the um, the Ghibli Museum in in Tokyo, mm-hmm. 
So for your listeners that are not familiar, the, the Studio Ghibli is, I don't know, it's kind of like Disney of, of, of Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they created, you know, these wonderful um, um, anime films um, over the last generation. And um, but, but about 10 years ago, they, they created a museum in, um, in, in a public park just outside of Tokyo. And it is definitely... You know, if you think about what Disney did, they created Disneyland, and it's like it is not Disneyland. It, it right. is, um, it's this really special place that, if you've ever watched any of the Ghibli films, there's some there's like this atmosphere, there's a depth about them that is almost, you know, you can't put your finger on it, but you know it's there, and that feeling runs through the museum, and so. In terms of a place that's just utterly unique in the way it's laid out, the way it approaches its subject, the way it makes you feel something through architecture, light, sound, atmosphere, you know, that, that I'll never forget yeah. the time that I spent. Another one I went to recently was a place called Meow Wolf um, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, that was really interesting. It's... I mean, they have hit the jackpot. They've actually talking about George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. He lives in Santa Fe and was a big part of getting Meow Wolf started. He, okay. he purchased the building. It was an old bowling alley that this sort of crazy, interactive, immersive art experience. Um, it's re- so hard to describe. But if you just, if any of your listeners are interested, Google Meow Wolf. Uh, like meow like a cat and wolf like an animal and and it's um, one of the inspirational things about that for me relative to Comic Con Museum was we've been conceptualizing the Comic Con Museum not just as a daytime museum which most museums are a place you can go and visit and and do cool things during the day but relatively early in in our thought process about Comic Con Museum we, 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 we started to think that it was a really interesting opportunity to have a nighttime museum, so oh. you don't close. Right. You actually um, that there are there are things you can do at night that are, that you can't do during the day, and there are there are audiences you can reach that you can't reach during the day. And um, when I went to Meowwolf, they have totally nailed that. The, the, the this whole nighttime museum concept, and mm-hmm. for me to be able to walk in this place and 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 see it for real, you know what we've been imagining. It's that's really, really great. So, honestly, Heather, I could talk all day about this. A few, a few that I just for the last couple months, I thought the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, was fantastic. Really, really fantastic. Um, the Corning Museum of Glass in upstate New York was fantastic. Sure. Really enjoyed Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. That, that there's a lot of parallels between rock and roll the world of comic con yeah. the way you present that in a museum sure. i love national world war ii museum in new orleans yeah. um i think that's one of the greatest museums that's been developed in the last decade on planet earth yeah um i could go on yeah yeah no totally i know i i, I was at the emp and went to see the pearl gem exhibit there and you know sometimes when you step into a museum and because I lived in Seattle and was going to college during that time so I was in the middle of when grunge happened and that yeah that particular one just kind of knocked me not because I I just I love Pearl Jam but also because it was like that was the the you know 
the sign. Like that's the sign, the rock candy sign, or the you know off ramp and stepping into that. Right. Sometimes you're just like, what? Wow. What you're talking about is relates to the word nostalgia, mm. and I I think that nostalgia is one of the most powerful forces or the most powerful emotions that human beings have. And this is something I've studied and thought about a lot, and it's very pertinent to what you just said and and, and Comic Con Museum and things like that. But, you know, the origin of the word nostalgia, um, it was was originally a disease. Really? You could die die of nostalgia. What? Um, (laughs) Like, the last... American citizen that had nostalgia listed as his cause of death was a, a an American soldier in World War One. Wow. Died of homesickness, you know, wow. um, of, of, of sort of yearning for his home, and mm. um, so it's a powerful thing. And I I think that what you just described about Pearl Jam, it was a cool exhibit for you, you know, because of that connection that it made to you and your personal story and your personal journey through life. And I think that is so pertinent to the Comic-Con Museum because everyone that walks through the door, their interaction with the content in the museum is related to what they like, what they have done, you know. Right. So even now, we've got people now that are becoming nostalgic about Harry Potter. Right. You know? Yeah. For sure, there are people nostalgic about Star Wars and about, um, you know, about Star Trek or whatever. And, and people almost date themselves by, by where <laughs> their, their nostalgia hits. <laughs> right. In some ways, the the opportunity for for me and and the team working on Comic Con Museum is to sort of grasp that, yeah. and you know, give everyone um, their personal nostalgia and the shared nostalgia. That the challenge we've got is um, there's so much variety, you know, sure. and, and we've got sixty eight thousand square feet, but I could happily take ten times that. Right. Um, so part. <laughs> Part of our answer to that is making the space extremely flexible. Right. Um, so a lot of rotating exhibit space, so that um, we can, you know, we can go through different subjects and, you know, t- touch the maximum number of people. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I, I hadn't thought about it in that way. The nostal- the word nostalgia, and that. I mean, that absolutely makes sense. It's kind of like sense memory right you know like you smell something you hear something you read something you know and it takes you back to a moment you know and how you you experience it again that's yeah that's that's super cool hey i was wondering um i can't remember if we talked about this but as far as the museum goes are there plans to um hold events like so could people have an event in the comic-con museum coming up too is that part of the whole thing as well absolutely um well, for starters, we've already been made aware that there are a couple um, are holding their wedding date and oh. um, the museum opens wow. so they can, <laughs> they can get married in Comic Con Museum. Wow! Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I think any you know any great museum, and we're really thinking hard about this as we're in. The design phase right now with architects and thinking about yeah. food and food and drink service, not just for as a museum cafe, but how do we 
how we cater for that sure. for the banquet that wedding or, or whatever right um so 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 actually I, I think maybe the difference with comic-con museum is that we are imagining it as almost like a community center mm-hmm. you know particularly mm-hmm. at that night time we we've we've got um, a couple of book clubs that are operating out of the museum right now. You know, they mm-hmm. meet every month. Uh-huh. It's just a great social experience. Um, build a shed. Right. Uh, build around person graphic novels, and I think that's a little microcosm of you know we imagine there's going to be game people doing gaming. You know, people making costumes. People, you know, using the museum and, and the rooms inside it as a um, as, as, as a place for events, small and large. It's going right. to be a place. We'll have small film festivals, we'll have small fan conventions, sure. we'll have panels, you know, there'll, right. there'll be a lot of, a lot of things. What I, what I haven't got exactly right now is, you know, um, uh, all of the, all of the building mapped out so that I could show someone and they could make a reservation. That will we won't be there for another 14, 15 months, but right. uh, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Yeah, so many museums have that great, you know, have have either, you know, plans for event space and have so many, you know, so much programming and stuff. And I think, but you can, what is it? I think in the, is it the Rijksmuseum in um, the Netherlands, you can, you know, have a dinner uh, next to the Night Watch, you know, Rembrandt's Big Painting. Like, I love that kind of stuff, right? You can have a meal that's just like the meal in some of the, you know, movies and stuff or, or the different paintings and everything that's so cool so also so you still obviously you still have room there's um people can be a charter member right and sign up for that as well to be a charter member of the museum yeah oh yes um you know, any any great museum usually has a membership program yeah um and and we wanted to bring that to life as soon as possible because comic con is an organization you know is of of the fans for the fans and, yes. and we wanted to um we, re- we really wanted to to find a mechanism that fans could feel involved and feel part of it from day one so uh, actually at comic con last year we launched a charter membership program and uh, we just i think we just hit twelve thousand charter members of, of a museum that doesn't exist yet wow. which is really awesome you yeah. know um and it's it it's a way. I, I feel like we're building this this army of people that are that are sort of massing in support of the Comic Con Museum, and that, that definitely helps us in terms of fundraising. You know, from larger donors and foundations and things like that. That when they can see this groundswell of people um, coming, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, the, it, we, we want to make it affordable. So even for ten dollars, we will consider you a charter member, and someone this name will be immortalized as someone that, <laughs> that uh, you know, helped, helped to create a museum. Um, and the levels go up through for $50, then essentially what you're doing is pre-purchasing a, a free year of admission for the first year of the Comic-Con Museum. So oh, cool. um, and at $100, you get a T-shirt and uh, some, other, some other goodies. And, yeah. Uh, I joined myself at the twelve hundred dollar level because I, I felt I had to buy the, the most expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, and, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> as it gets more expensive, you get less, but you you, you feel like you contributed more. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you know, there's 
so it, I love that you've created so many ways to contribute, and I remember that from last year. And you know, I, I called it the EMP, and it's now called the Mopop because they changed the name. But I was a charter member of the EMP when it started, and you know, you feel you, you feel that connection, and you feel that you know, yeah, you know, you helped this thing become what it is. And you know, I have memberships to like I spend a lot of time in New York, so like I'm a member of MoMA even though I don't live there, you know. And so I think that's really cool too that this is you know. Comic-Con obviously is a global experience and the Comic-Con Museum will be that as well, right? So, you know, being able to contribute to something even from afar that you love, I think I love it that you put that together. It's super cool. So, thank you for doing that. Yay. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, You know, I want to I want to ask you one more one more, well, a couple more questions, but um, so, you know, with uh, if you have advice for other people who are looking to you know who are um museum collectors like yourself if you will um you know like you you obviously went to you know st andrews and is are, are there you know places and and ways other people can get involved in sort of being a part of you know taking care of museums curating museums and all of that are there advice that you have for those coming up who might be hearing this and going i want to do that too i want to do what he did that kind of thing yeah it's um it is a, it it is quite a competitive career, you know. There are yeah. there are certain there are certain, you know, if you want to be a famous comic book artist, you know, mm. there's a lot of people want to do that. And mm. I'm, I'm not saying that um, working in museums is quite quite as important as that. But it, it you know, that it it, it is a the kind of job that a lot of people feel attracted to. So mm-hmm. um, if you're half-hearted about it, then it might not be for you because you you are definitely going to be um, sort of competing with people that are all in, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if 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 it's something that you really feel drawn to do, as obviously obviously I did, um, then you know there 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 are different ways in. Um, the probably the two easiest to describe are you know you can do what I did, which is to do a do a, a degree in museum studies and, or a, or a grad uh, you know sort of. Um, postgraduate uh, course or um, anyone can get involved by volunteering at, at their local museum right. um, and you know Ke- Keegan Chetwind who I work with that's you know he's he's um, um, going to have a really successful career in, in museums because he's a really talented guy and he found his way in you know he didn't do that university course so there, you, you don't have to right um you know that there, there are a lot of museums that just would love, you know, some some help um, from a, from a talented person if they're able to give it. Sure. Yeah. So, and sort of last question. Um, you talked a little bit about the game on experience, and um, I like to talk about and ask folks their spark or a moment, and and I think definitely that was one for you. Is there another person or place or thing or something? You know, you talked a little bit about your history, but was there another something that you that happened to you or an experience where you were like, yes, you know, and that propelled you forward that really sticks out in your mind that you would share with everybody? Um, I, I think I got really lucky with my second job uh-huh. in, in the sense that I found myself aged 24 running really big aeroplane museum in Scotland mm. um, it was one of the national museums but it, it was all a little bit sort of it was a satellite museum of a 
huge organization with 3,000 employees or something wow. like that. And, and you know, it, 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 it was, um, and I was, I was running this satellite and I had a lot, a lot of freedom and a lot, um, to, to, to take this museum where I felt it needed to go. And we had a tremendous amount of success. Um, we, the, the number of visitors to that museum in the five years I was there, I went up five times. Wow. And, um, so there were lots of different times on that journey where I was just, re, you know, had that kind of wow moment. But the one that stands out for me is we, we decided to do an air show and, and um, you know, as a, as a way of drawing attendance to the museum. And um, in, in America, you have like the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels are your kind of big jet display teams. Well, for any British person, it's the Red Arrows all the way. Right. right. And, and the day that the Red Arrows said they were going to come and fly at my air show, it was like, that. I will never forget that because yeah. I was that, you know, eight-year-old boy looking up into the sky being just awed by these things. And so there, there are definitely things on, on the journey like that that stand out, aren't you? Yeah, of course. That's awesome. And, I, you know, I have one more question. So do you find, do you feel, I mean, I just feel like museums... You know, sometimes people about different art forms, you know, like, you know, you'll get the, the critic or somebody that's like, oh, theater, live theater is dead and da 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 da, you know, I, and, or, you know, museum. I just don't, you feel, I feel like museums are, are just still so valid and, and people are going still in record numbers. Do you feel that? And do you see that as well? I just, I feel like it's such, like, people are like, I love this. And maybe it goes back to the nostalgia thing. But I don't know. What do you feel about this sort of the whole, I guess, the industry of museums, I guess? Oh yeah, I mean, what do I feel about the industry? It it is it is a strange industry. Mm. You know, there are more there are more museums in America than McDonald's and Starbucks put together. Wow! So there's a lot new there, and um, I will say this: ninety percent of them, at least, are operating in some mode of business failure. Mm. You know that mm-hmm. their museums are terrible economic models and you know one of the one of the responsibilities I feel so deeply about the Comic Con Museum is to make sure that we're in the ten percent that that are sustainable right. from an economic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um but are museums here to stay, of course they are. Mm-hmm. Um the, the there is um you know, the, for the human race, the things that museums preserve, I think, only get cooler the older they get. You know, <laughs> so that I I don't think that any virtual reality display or internet or whatever can replace the experience of standing with your own eyes to look at an amazing artifact, whether it's art or you know or the the Rosetta Stone or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I, I, I think there is there's an essential experience related to museums that will um, you know will not go away. I think museums are in a state of change and flux though right now. There's definitely like a new generation of museum coming through that is um, heavily influenced by that word I just used experience mm-hmm. uh, like Meow Wolf that I was talking about in Santa Fe is a great example of that's a new generation museum that is really caught the wave of what the millennial generation is looking for in a museum right. which is some of the you know the things um, that museums have done in the past but 
that sort of idea of really focusing on the experience and giving something that's memorable and shareable on Instagram or social media or whatever. Yeah. Um, def- that kind of thing is definitely influencing how we think about the Comic Con Museum. It, it, we're certainly not going to be a boring museum full of dusty old things and, and <laughs> showcase a lot of change. <laughs> I don't think anything about the way you work in this world is dusty, my friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, that's awesome. So folks can find out, and we'll put a bunch of this stuff in the show notes and some of the beautiful places that you mentioned. Um, but uh, folks are looking to get on its uh, comic-conmuseum.org, and you can go and become a museum insider, so you can sign up and get, you know, information that's coming, you know, direct from Adam and the team, and you can become a charter member and learn about all the events. And uh, I'm so excited to come down and and see your handiwork, since I got to see sort of, you know, the the open space uh, not too long ago. It's so exciting. I'm I'm so excited for you. Is there anything else you'd yeah. like to tell our listeners, or and if not, we'll get wrapped up here in a minute. Um, there's maybe one feature of the museum that's happening during Comic Con we didn't talk about. Oh, I, yeah. I would like to give sure. them a they, they, yep. They've been really awesome to work with. Cool. We're doing um, a display of the the uh, fashion f- from from the Her Universe fashion show. Oh, yeah, right, right. So for the past for the past five or six years, um, Ash- Ashley Eckstein Ex- um, has been creating this this idea of geek couture you know that, mm. that um, we might be able to use pop culture references to have a really awesome uh, runway type show and it's become extremely popular at Comic Con right. and there's this, a lot of really talented designers now you know are, are creating these awesome games every year so um, but they've never been displayed so what we're going to do this year is display five years of winners from that uh, you know from, from the fashion show wow um, and um, I'm really excited about that because I, I, one of the things I've learned is that fashion is a really great um, display topic in a museum. So sure. I think I think the 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 gowns will look fantastic. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, I d- did. You see the Frida Kahlo exhibit? No, I didn't. Oh, that was delish. She couldn't take any pictures. It was like I was like, oh, but that yeah, that was amazing. And and I think you know, like thinking about sort of the. Um, the Met Gala and camp this year and, and, and that that has become, you know, a much larger event on the world stage as well, right? Yeah. So that makes so much sense that that you would have that. That's so cool. Yeah, you're right. And costumes do, you know, the Prince exhibit, right? Where you get to see different things that Prince wears and all of that. And I mean I could go right. on I maybe we'll have a chit chat off off the podcast about some of the things we've seen because I can trade you just hit one of my hot buttons by the way when you talked about a museum where you're not allowed to take pictures I, I personally I think that is one of the most wrong headed mm. things I can imagine yeah. you know in, yeah. in the world we live in um, I think to be able to share the experience is really really important and, yeah. um, so definitely con- we're going to allow cameras at the Comic-Con Museum. Cool. Yay. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. And let's see, I was just looking to see if there was, we looked at everything. Oh, and the Mondo Gallery, 80 Years of Batman 2. That was one of the other things we didn't cover. Will you talk about that a little bit, too? Yeah. Um, Mondo, I think your listeners 
will know is a, a you know fast growing um, pop culture brand out of Austin, Texas. They're connected with the Alamo Draft House uh, yeah. movie theater thing, and they they do these really well. They do a lot of awesome things, but one of the things that they specialized in is sort of screen printed uh, movie poster kind of things that that people really love to collect as art prints. And they did, for the 80th anniversary of Batman, they did a show for their gallery in Austin Mm. that was sort of a screen-printed versions of some of the most famous Batman comic covers from from history. And they they very kindly sent that out to San Diego. They've never traveled the show before from their gallery in Austin. So um, for me, that's just a little, again, a foreshadowing of what we want Comic Con Museum to be. I feel that there's... When you create an exhibit, it, it's a costly thing to do. Right. And if you you can, you know, send that exhibit to two or three other places, then everyone benefits. You, you know, you're, sure. you, you're, kind of, you're kind of spreading the cost a little bit. And I think I think there's going to be a really interesting network that we can pull together. There are some good, um, you know, galleries and um, museums out there that I think we have some shared interests. So one of the things right. that, I, that that I'd, I'd like to do is to see exhibits created in San Diego traveling to other other parts of the country and even the world, and, and vice versa. Because I think um, you know that I, w- I was emailing this week with the Billy Island Museum in, in Columbus, Ohio, and you know that there's no competition between San Diego, California, and Columbus, Ohio for a visitor. Right. It makes. T- total sense for us to collaborate on exhibits you know yeah absolutely and some people you know like a, a trip to new york or even san diego that's like maybe once a year maybe even twice a year right so the more we, we can share with each other you know by you know trading out I, yeah like building those partnerships and you're so good at that i mean that's that's super exciting oh and one more thing and then i just i can't stop talking to you um <laughs> Yeah, so daily panels. So you're doing panels in the museum theater as well. And I know you haven't announced and revealed the programming yet, but will you talk a little bit about what's up with those as well? Yeah, um, they're going to be released in a couple of days um, as part of the normal sort of release of programming information by Comic-Con. And um, we've got a 141-seat theater already in the building, so it made sense to try and use it. Um, and I was so happy when the programming staff at, at Comic-Con that, that do 800 panels already raised their hand and said, we'd love to help you, and you know, can we, can we program that space? And I said, you bet, because they, they're <laughs> great people. They do a great job. And um, what they've done, and I think, is put together a really nice schedule of... I don't want to say greatest hits. It, 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 you know, what, what, we, what, what they wanted to do was to sort of just repeat some of the programming that, that takes place down in the convention center and present it to the community of San Diego as, you know, here's, here's community programming that gives you an idea of the kind of education and the kind of cool things that go on down in the convention center. And I think, I think we've got some great speakers and it's, it's going to be really popular. That's awesome. That's great. And I'll make sure and put the the link to the announcement that's got all the details of how to get there and 
parking and you know what what all the logistics are around that since it's you know it's it's the comic-con museum you know and you don't need a pass to get in but it's you know you're not shuttling people back and forth and all that that sort of thing it's um you know getting there yourself and and going in but it is free and there's all kinds of great things that are going to happen at the museum so that's great um are you going to get to uh, take a breather after after all the big hoopla after uh, the show goes down? Do you take it any time? I, <laughs> I, I will. I will need one. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'll say this: um, last year was my first Comic Con as a member of staff. Yeah. And I thought I got this. You know, I've, <laughs> I've worked some pretty big air shows in my life. I used to work yeah. as part of the world's largest air show, you know, it's sort of like the Comic-Con of aviation, which right. is Oshkosh, yeah. I thought, I got this, you know, I t- I'll, I'll need like one day off to recover and then, right. you know, I'll be back at work. Well, I was dead for a week. <laughs> I'm not joking. I said to my mother, I did not leave my apartment for five days because wow. I just needed, it's, Comic-Con is so intense. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, I'm I'm stealing myself. <laughs> I, plan, I plan to do nothing except you know play video games and and get caught up on all of the amazing television that I'm currently missing. Yeah, completely. Well, uh, more of a staycation then, if you will, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, I say it was so nice uh, after Comic Con last year because it was my first time moderating a panel and uh ending comic-con with you you know to to celebrate was so fun so thank you for that again that was really special so i really really enjoyed that um doing that with you so well here's to um another amazing comic-con but also uh, an amazing pop-up and uh preview beta test all of that of the new comic-con museum coming to us in 2021 i really I appreciate your time and I love talking to you. So thank you for being on the show today. Truly. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Folks. Well, we will uh, have all the notes for lovely Adam um, about the Comic-Con museum and all the things going on there and all the great things that he told us about to go check out museums to see and all of that and um, how to follow him in the museum in the show notes and so that has been another mavens do it better podcast and you can find us on all the usual places on itunes on stitcher on spotify on google play and on our website so here is to another beautiful day on this big blue spinning sphere thanks a lot everyone The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.